The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. From Herd at Sports, here's a hot take with Damon Benning and Andrew Rogers. It's hot takes with Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, joined now by Nick Ba. Nick, thanks for coming on to our little podcast here. It's a pleasure. It's good to see both you guys. Uh, it's uh, I, I don't understand like if we're going to be able to get along and do this well. <laughs> so I know we're first timers. We're going to do our best to not. It's make like you a feel first un- date. Yeah, we're going to try not to make you feel uncomfortable, buddy. Okay, okay. I, I'm hard to make uncomfortable, so this I, this will be okay. I think very, this will be very okay. Very nice to meet you. First time, long time fans. I'm long time. <laughs> hey, real quick, let me before we get it going, Damon. Let me be the 978th person to say congratulations. Yes. I, I sent a tweet out. There is no person on earth that is better suited and more perfect to be the radio analyst for Nebraska football. Not only because of who you are, what you did as a player, but what you've done in broadcasting. So, my man, I am so happy for you. Congratulations. Hey, thank you. I, I, I do have to ask you something. It's part of what I was going to ask you anyway, right? Because you've done national stuff. You do national stuff. You've also been part of your alma mater's broadcast. I think one of the, the, one of the things I'm interested in is I've never really done anything from like what I would call a Homer angle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And now that I'm with the network, like I can – I don't know. It's not loosen up because yeah. it's it is what it is. But I can be kind of a fan. Was that tough for you? Because I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, I, you know what? It was kind of hard, but I actually thought it was surprisingly easy to shut it on and off. Like I was really, I was. I think I was more worried about it on the front end because I had started doing the the Homer stuff, right? Like I started on the local scene yeah. and then transitioned to the national. I was like, okay. I need to be able to shut it off. And I actually thought the emotional part of it was the easiest part to control. Damon, what I thought the the toughest thing from going local to national was the lens at which you view the game. Like when you're calling a game with Greg Sharp now, you're only seeing this through Nebraska's lens. If Purdue breaks a play, you're looking at what Nebraska did wrong, not necessarily what Purdue did right. I thought that was the harder thing. It's kind of switching the lens of it than it was the emotional part of it. I'm very uh, cognizant of that. I wouldn't say concern, but it is like a point of emphasis, right? Because when I normally do broadcasts, if it's BTN or whomever else, or whether it's high school, they want you to be objective. Yes. Right. So, like, I, I'm, I'm very conscious to make sure that that is my angle. And I actually would like to kind of embrace it because that may come more natural to me. I don't know. Like I'll I'll know when it happens because I really don't. It's, could you prep for that? You couldn't really prepare for it. Would no. you rather go? Would you rather go national to like the Homer or Homer to national? I think it's probably easier to go national to Homer than right. the other way around. So I think you're probably okay. I think that the reason you'll be fine with it is because you're a coach. So when you're on the sidelines coaching, you're looking at your group, right? Yeah. Like if you're if you're if West Side's defensive backs bust a coverage, you're not. Oh wow, Bell West. 
that was terrific. You're looking at what, like, you know, your corner, your safety did wrong. Exactly. So you're right. Be, you'll, be great. you'll be great at it. I appreciate that. And you man. love your teams, right? Yeah, I do. So I do. Like, I'm, if you I'm, call the game for your Homer teams, like that's just you in a nutshell. Uh, can you imagine me with a Dodgers broadcast <laughs> after last night? Hey, hey, hey! Hashtag too soon. <laughs> it's all right. My team's first out. First date, Andrew. It's a first date. <laughs> it is a first date. Nick, Nick, who's your team? Who's your MLB team? I mean, I was a Royals guy because I was an Alex Gordon guy, but now that Gordon's retired, like I'm, I guess I'm, I'm. Talk about dates and being on the market. I guess I'm single and ready to mingle with whoever, whoever wants to well, want to start dating anybody. So I'm sure I, I enjoy you a Cardinals guy. I am. I am a huge Cardinals fan and watching them implode in the ninth inning of game one was overly depressing. Over that it was. Oh, man. it was. Hey, real quick, though, we, and we, you know, Aaron Judge has been on the mind. Yeah. One of my greatest sports memories, you know, steroids aside. Was my dad? My dad and I were in the stadium when McGuire hit his sixty-first and sixty-second. So, shouts out to the home run race in the nineties. Hey, you know what? Shout that was out, the steroid out. era, though. So, I I don't fault anybody taking. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, listen, it was a father-son moment. I loved it. Yeah. Hey, so let me ask you: How excited are you for the upcoming season? Not just because you love the sport, but man, does Creighton have a chance to be really good? Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, on paper, there isn't any any glaring flaw with this group, and in some ways, I think the group that beat that that door down of getting to the Sweet 16, I think better gets this team ready to go even further because I think sometimes that that group talked about the Sweet 16, right? Like they were like, "We want to be the first one to do that. We want to be the first one to do that." And this group now, if you hear Trey Alexander or some of these guys, they're talking about national championship. And so I think from that standpoint, uh, in terms of, in, you know, with expectations, you either you either downplay them or you totally embrace them. And they are totally embracing them, which I like. And yeah, I'm just I'm excited that this group checks every box. Um, honestly, the only thing I'd be concerned with is making those guys, making sure those guys really buy into the whole concept of team success breeds individual success. There's only one ball. There's a lot of guys that that deserve the ball i think the better they can kind of buy into that mantra the better it's going to serve them i can't wait what does the addition of baylor shireman do for that group uh, i think a ton i think he first of all, he brings in an older presence kind of fills that ryan hawkins void there's there's no substitute for just age and then his skill set you know i think actually what he does better than anything is pass he is a exceptional passer in the open floor and in the half court so i think he's a guy that isn't while he can score. I don't think he necessarily thinks like a scorer. He thinks like a playmaker, and they need that because you know you look at Trey Alexander, Kaluma, a lot of these other guys. I think they they are wired to score, and so Baylor Shireman to me can can be someone that they they could just give the ball to, and he can go playmake. So you know it's just amazing that you know Greg McDermott said in the offseason he was going to be really careful about who he brought in in terms of bringing in that transfer portal guy. And he went into the portal and he found two dudes that fit what they need in Farabello, the TCU transfer, and and certainly Baylor Shireman as well, kind of filling that Hawkins and Alex O'Connell voids from last year's team. And apparently Carabello, he can shoot it too. Yes. So I can't wait to see this what happens with awesome. this base and pace. But you talked about careful with who they brought in and, and, you, and you do a great job on the podcast being multi-sport, uh, uh, equal, equally as, as 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 smart about it when you when you look at football compared to basketball I've always wondered because I would think numbers and maybe you can hide 
a disjointed personality in the bigger group. But why does basketball seem to get it right more times than not out of the portal than than let's say football, where you have more margin for error? That's an interesting question. I think the best way I could probably answer that is basketball, it's easier to fit in on the floor faster. And sometimes that lends itself to expediting a fit in the locker room or whatever, more so than anything else. Like, it, it, think about, well, you know what you rarely see in football that you see in the NBA is a guy will get traded and will play for the new team the next day <laughs> in basketball, right? Like in football, like it would be really hard for uh, Anthony Grant to all of a sudden get traded to Clemson and play in two days. Like it's just that that is harder to do in football. So I think, I think just from a, if you're just looking at it from of on the field, on the court standpoint, basketball just lends itself to being able to fit in a little bit easier than football. But there are, there are certainly landmines you got to navigate for both sports with who you bring in and how that assimilation process works. But that's an interesting question, Damon. I, I, it's one in which I haven't really thought about uh, because it, it is challenging for both, both sports. Creighton Blue Jay fans are just as passionate as any other fan base, at least in this area here question. in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, what can they expect from this group this year with such high expectations? Um, do you think that at some point, if, if Creighton doesn't meet the expectation the fans have coming in, that um, you know they, they may be a little down in the dumps? Or do you think Creighton's the type of team this year that even if they do start off slower than people expect, that they can easily bounce back and uh, be the top team in the Big East? Yeah, I, it'll be interesting because it's such, it's such a polar opposite from last season. Last season, there was zero expectations, mm. none. No one even knew what to expect from the group. So anything good that happened was just met with, hey, how about this team? Totally different this year. I've always said it's in sports, it's, it's one thing to do something when no one expects you to do it. It's another thing to do something when everybody expects you to do it. You, you muck around and only beat North Dakota State by two points. People are going to the next day, people are going, well, what's wrong with Creighton? Whereas last year, it was totally different. They won close games against SIU Edwardsville, Southern Illinois, uh, Kennesaw State. And everybody was like, how about this young group finding a way to win? But in terms of injury, in terms of growing pains early on, the one thing that's interesting about this schedule is it doesn't really lend itself to that. This non-con schedule is brutal. They're going to go to Maui and take on a, a really loaded field. They're going to Texas. They got Marcus Carr. They got an Iowa State transfer point guard who was a really good player. Uh, you know, Chris Beard's team is going to defend. Uh, you know, th they they play Arizona State and BYU in Las Vegas. Like, they're they better be ready to rock early in the year, or it's not going to go well for them. But the good part about it is, like, if they are ready to rock, if they play well in the non-con guys, we're talking about like they could be a one seed. Like, they're going to be afforded that kind of opportunities to get a bunch of Quadrant 1 wins. Yeah, this is going to sound crazy because I actually think Nimhart could actually be their best overall athlete. But this is a – and I get it, the size, the whole nine. But, I, I, you know, I've been a big fan since watching him come out of high school, especially as he's worked on his offensive game. And he's explosive, and, and they're going to get him back healthy. But this may be the first time in a little while where their best player – I'm not going – 
most important, could could have his foot in the paint, and it's not always off of multiple dribbles. Does that change the way that Creighton can play with with a pro a potential pro like Arthur Kaluma? Yeah, I yes. I mean, in in a in a lot of ways, I don't know if they've really had a guy like him. Right. You know, like a six seven long, versatile athlete where a lot of what you can do is just get it to him and get the hell out of the way. Like, just get it to him, give him his right hand, give him a lane line, put a shooter in the corner, and let him get busy. And it's going to be unique to see how that gets kind of deployed. You know, like, he had an interesting year last year. He was kind of struggling early. Then he started to get it going. Then he hurt his knee. And that backed him up a little bit. But then at the end of the year, you can make a case he was playing as good as anybody. In fact, I would argue he was the best player on the floor against Kansas. He's not the obviously it's not better than Ochai Abaji or Christian Brown or those guys. But for that one game, the best player on the floor was Arthur Kaluma. Uh, so, yeah, he he's a uh, he, he's a fascinating talent that I think with the way Creighton plays fast and spreads the floor. That guy is going to be a. I just look at someone's somebody on the opposition is going to have to guard Baylor Shireman or Arthur Kaluma. Like who? Your four, your power forward. One of your the other team's going to have to put their four on one of those two guys. Good luck with that because those two guys can drag you out. They can drive it. They can play make. It's going to be really challenging to see how you match up with Creighton. Nick, some of my favorite work of yours is on the Chicken Nick Show, which is on Heard at Media's network. Uh, you also have a a smattering of other podcasts. You're a Fox sports analyst. Now you got brought back to uh, the big 10 as well. We're obviously proud of you, but do you think Trev Alberts is proud of you? <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> See what you did there. Well, there's no way he, he's, he's got his, his pride cup is, is too full. It's overflowing for this Nebraska football team. Okay. Andrew, he, he's got no more pride to give for me. So I don't think he's too proud of me. I think he's uh, I think he's proud of his football team. And he should be, by the way. Right. Now, when I read that Big Ten article, though, I noticed that it closed by saying it gave like a great headliner of, of, of some great analysts. And then it closed by saying and Nick Ba. How do you yeah. fit from being and Nick Ba this year? Uh, you know, I'll take it. You know, listen, I'm one of those guys that like I have called I've called these networks for years and years and begged them to give me a chance. Give me a game. Give me an opportunity. So the fact that I even get a, a, a and <laughs> that, 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 like I'll take it like I'm one of those guys like I'm just I you will never find me be one of those guys that ever ever gets complacent or unappreciative of any opportunity I get to to call a national game because this is I will. I will crawl to do any game, man. All right, Nicholas Allen, let me get you out of here on this. Uh, I, one of the reasons I like talking to you is not just for, for your sense of humor and, you know, you never take yourself that seriously, but you like the athlete's perspective as a former player. Nebraska, real quick, clarity of message now with Mickey Joseph at the helm. You've seen it with guys like Cooley and Mac and clear initiative and leadership. What do you think the biggest change has been and why has he been able to do it in such a short amount of time with Nebraska? It's a good question, and one of which I probably can't fully answer unless I'm inside of those walls, so I don't want to pretend like I, I would know specifically. But just an observation from the outside, I think for me, uh, the, the older I get, the more I reflect on my athletic career and the more I am around athletics, the more important, I the, the, the greater importance in confidence I, I see. Like, sometimes you're only as good as the tale you tell yourself or the tale you get told. 
and buying into those things. And I think what this group needed more so than anything was a reset. Like, I wasn't sure at the time, I'll be honest, when Trev made the move to fire Scott Frost, I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. And then even the move to to move on from Chenander, I was like, mm, I don't know about that. Clearly, I was dead wrong. This team needed to be afforded the opportunity to wipe the slate clean. And so I think, I think uh, Damon, to answer your question, like, I think he had a, I think Mickey had a captive audience. Mm. Sometimes that's what it's about. Like he had a group that was hungry for something new and hungry for a different tale to tell themselves. And all of a sudden Frost gets, gets let go. Chenander gets let go. They could kind of sit there and go, listen, guys, it's a brand new, it's a brand new situation. You could kind of explain away the Ireland loss. You could explain away, you know, some of the defensive issues. And all of a sudden now you got a new, a new outlook on things. So for, for me, I think it's as much as it's about Mickey, I also think it's about that group and what they had gone through. They were hungry for a new, uh, a new point of view. And then you also got to give Mickey credit. I like Mickey. Mickey reminds me of coach Altman in that. It's very simple. Mm. It's very direct. It's very simple. He, I'm not going to overcomplicate it. It's, it's X, Y, Z. That's it. Like he, and and, you know, he because he keeps on top of, hey, we're one and up, we're 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 one and out, we're trying to be one and oh this week, we're trying to be physical, we're trying to whatever. Like, I think the simpler the message, the easier it is to digest and go live out. So it's it's a multitude of things, but yeah, I just man, that group is fun, it's fun to watch them finally get uh, get a little mo- momentum going. We'll see what happens this weekend, though. Great take, Nick Bob. Thanks so much for joining us. We will talk to you uh, down the road. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Nick. You. That's Nick Ba, former Blue Jay captain, former guard at KU Hoops. I'm just going to start reading his Twitter bio now just to, just to go all the way down the list. Fox Sports 1, college basketball analyst, host of the Nick Ba podcast, and many other things. Right. I love just getting a chance to talk to him. I, you know, there's whatever it is, chemistry, synergy, whatever else. Like, it just kind of clicks and... And I get to work with a, another funny guy like yourself. <laughs> funny looking, be, too. It's going to be a ton of fun. Thank you for listening to Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Thursday's Hot Takes Part 2 will be out tomorrow as the guys preview the Nebraska-Purdue game.